Welcome to this election season episode of the Peak City Podcast. I'm Shane Reese. Campaigns for Apex Town Council are underway with early voting beginning on October 19th at the Wake County Board of Elections, October 28th at the John Brown Center here in Apex, and Election Day is on November 7th. The town of Apex has a mayor and five council members with four-year terms for each seat. Council elections are staggered every two years. This year, the mayor's office and two council seats are up for election. Five council seats are currently running for two open seats, and we've invited all of them as guests of the podcast. Each candidate will be asked identical questions, and we'll do our best to give each candidate equal time. We're asking candidates to speak to their strengths, explain why folks should vote for them, and we're refrained from attacking opponents or their platforms. We're joined right now by Councilman Arno Zegerman. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Let's kick things off with your elevator pitch. Tell us about yourself, why you're running for town council, and the specific ideas that make up your platform. Sure. So as you know, Shane, I'm a current sitting town council member here in Apex. I was appointed in January. We had a podcast not too long after that. I'm serving out Cheryl Stallings' term after former council member Cheryl Stallings was elected to county commissioner in last year's elections. So I'm running to retain my seat. I think that over the last going on 10 months now, we've done great things on council, jumped right in with the existing sitting council members, and I want to continue that progress for the next four years. My platform, in a nutshell, resolves around what I call sustainable development or sustainable growth. And what I mean by that is that you know we really need to balance all the elements of growth within the town of Apex, ranging from natural preservation, where we build and how we build and what we choose to build, attacking our transportation issues, making sure that our town staff and safety departments are fully staffed you know, to the growing needs of our town. And last but not least, making sure that this is a town where all feel welcome, regardless of your heritage, your beliefs, your affiliations, everybody should have a safe and welcoming place to live here in Apex. It's always a top priority to ensure infrastructure like roads and schools keeps up with our rapidly growing town. And yet the council is limited in directly solving many of these issues because they're overseen by the county, state, or federal government. For example, only Wake County can build new schools and only the state DOT can install new traffic lights. If you're elected to the town council, what's your view on the best way to coordinate with other government entities to make progress on these important infrastructure projects? Sure. And to be honest, I think this is a topic that goes beyond just transportation and schools. A lot of our issues in town and town of Apex are regional or even national in nature. So there's no way that a town government like the town government of Apex can resolve these issues independently. And so that's where some of the key strengths that I bring to the table. I have a series of established relationships with not only local leaders, but also county leaders, state leaders, and even federal leaders that can help us resolve some of these issues, plus the established relationships with our town staff, right? Because ultimately, a lot of the implementation that we require and the information that gets handed over to us comes from our town staff, rely on our town staff for resident interaction. So having these relationships, I think, is going to be of key importance. And to your point, right, it's like this is about collaboration. You know, we need to work with our local leaders in adjacent municipalities to address some of these challenges. For example, with regards to traffic, through the Dutch consulate in Atlanta, I've come in contact with a Dutch engineering firm who has worked with the Georgia Department of Transportation to create new design guides, transferring some of the traffic solutions, very commonplace in my home country, the Netherlands, 
translated that to design specifications that apply here in the United States. And I've been able to work that and get that information over to the North Carolina Department of Transportation, who is now evaluating those concepts, right? So it's that kind of collaboration where through your network, through your connections, through initiative, you can reach out to leaders, not only local and close to us, but far and wide to get things done. And hopefully some of those traffic solutions will find their way into Apex. We want to volunteer for things like turbo roundabouts, look them up, they're great, and work through that through our state Department of Transportation. Schools, you know, schools is a very different matter, right? Obviously, that's done at the county level. As we all know, we can build schools fast enough, and now we're not going to get everybody happy. There's been some things and reassignments that I know have people a little bit frustrated. But given you know where we are and, and our school capacity, I think the school board has done very well keeping up with the needs of the community. We as a town need to support that as best as we can. And you know, again, sometimes that can be frustrating because Wake County School Board may decide to build a school within Apex territory that now Apex need to fund the infrastructure around it, even though the majority of students, you know, may not even come from the town of Apex. And so it's this trade-off, it's this collaboration that ultimately will help us resolve those problems. Over the next six months or so, the town will update long-range transportation and land use plans for the western Big Branch area in the southwest part of town, bordered by US-1, I-540, and old US-1, an area that's historically part of the Friendship and New Hill communities. Town staff have held public input sessions, and final proposals will likely be brought before the council for approval next spring. What are your thoughts about growth and development in the western Big Branch area, and what would you like to see prioritized in the plan? Yeah. So first of all, again, kudos to town staff for reaching out to this community. I think it's very important to reach out to those communities. And so I've attended both of those planning and input sessions. I've spoken to a lot of those residents of the Friendship and New Hill area and hear from them firsthand. This is a very tight-knit community. Many of these people have been there for decades. And obviously, for legitimate reasons, they're concerned about the town of Apex starting to encroach on that territory. And I think it's really important to listen to their voices. These people know the land. They know what is possible and will not be possible. So we're still working through the data from those input sessions. Uh, we've gotten one readout as council from kind of preliminary results of what people want to see. And by and large, the feedback that we get from the residents is that we want to keep this a more rural community, which actually fits very well into our long-range land use maps as they stand right now, because the further west we get the closer we get to the Jordan Lake watershed, which is where we pull our drinking water from. And so we want to be more careful with what we develop there and leave more open space, make sure that stormwater is treated appropriately before it gets into our drinking water supply. And so we're still working through all that. I think over the long term, we will see development in those communities. It's not something that the town has come to force, just like any other piece of land that gets developed around Apex. It does rely on the current owners to sell those properties to developers that then need to bring their plans to the town planning staff first and then ultimately to council for approval. So I do think that we're going to see some development. I think it's going to be lower density development, you know, much in line with what's there today, what our residents are asking for, and what is in line with our long-range plans for that area, again, as you get closer to the Jordan Lake waterways. Lots of folks find Apex as a great place to be, but many of our teachers, firefighters, police officers, and other town employees who work here are having trouble finding a place to live, or they're getting priced out altogether. We hear about teachers teaching in Apex, but living in Sanford. What's your view on how to best tackle these issues? 
So this is something that, again, is not just an apex concern. This is really region-wide that we're having problems with affordable housing. You know, by and large, what we're seeing is the effect of the previous developments that we've seen in and around Apex and Cary the same way, Morrisville the same way, even Raleigh the same way, where the properties that get developed first are the most lucrative ones. Large single-family residences that were out of reach 10 years ago are still out of reach for many of our first responders, teachers, store clerks, and, and so forth, right? So what you see around town right now is that we're starting to catch up a little bit with offering a different housing supply. Townhomes have become more common. Kind of the next wave after that is more apartment-style developments. What it comes down to is that we need a more diverse inventory of housing options for our residents. The development has kind of taken place in waves, but we're starting to see some catching up. So developments like Feridia, developments like Sweetwater, Depot 499, right, that will offer all ranges of housing, single-family residences, townhomes, apartments. Those are the kinds of developments that will help offer us more supply. Not because real estate is going to be cheap all of a sudden, but because these units, by definition, are smaller and therefore cheaper to acquire or to rent. So I think that's the one thing, is, is really yeah, having a better mix of housing inventory and housing options. Then there's, you know, what can we do as a town government to truly promote affordable housing? You know, those people that just cannot make ends meet, even though they work full time, but are in positions or jobs that just don't pay to live in Apex in this day and age. So I'm very happy to continue the work that our town council has done over the last couple of years. We've established a affordable housing fund. So one penny of our real estate taxes goes directly into that fund. We've been building up a little bit of a war chest. So there's about $3 million available to us there right now. There's another $2 million or so that's available through ARPA funding, through the American Rescue Plan Act that is available to us for affordable housing. So we're actively surveying the town right now to look for opportunities to purchase land, which is really the biggest investment for affordable housing development. We're looking at public-private partnerships. The new development going in across from Walmart is 100% affordable housing. That's a public-private partnership. You know, we look to do more of those kinds of developments. We're looking at potential partnerships with faith-based organizations. You know, a lot of faith-based organizations have a lot of land, but not a whole lot of cash, right? So we're, we're thinking through things like lease constructions, you know, where we generate a revenue stream for the organization, but get land that can be developed a little bit more economically. And then there's everything that we're doing to work with our developers to build more affordable housing into developments that are going in around town. We've been very successful simply by asking developers to offer up some affordable housing. Typically, what we get without any concessions of any sort on our part is 5% of the units developed are typically offered as affordable housing these days. But we recently adopted a affordable housing policy that basically streamlines that negotiation a little bit where we have some trade-off options where it becomes more of a mutual benefit both for the development community as well as the town so that we can build more affordable housing units around town. So a lot of things in flight, a lot of very specific things that we're looking at. This is a problem, not just for Apex. Per my previous comments, this is not something Apex can solve by themselves. We got to work with Morrisville. We got to work with Cary. We got to work with Holly Springs and the county and make sure that we do create a housing mix that offers opportunities for everybody. The council unanimously adopted a downtown plan in 2019 after months of input from the community and much of that progress was delayed during the pandemic. But with city centers like Sweetwater underway and Viridia on the way, 
people will have a growing number of options for walkable hubs with restaurants, shops, and other attractions outside of the historic downtown district. From your perspective, what roles do these city centers play in coming years, whether it's economic development or cultural hubs? And where does the downtown plan land on your priority list? So downtown is still the epicenter of Apex. So the downtown plans that were developed a couple of years ago, they were put on ice for a variety of reasons. We actually recently made some progress where the town was able to acquire some land that really is a keystone to unlocking a lot of the other ideas and plans that were laid down for the downtown community. So I think we're going to see some activity in the downtown area pretty soon. We've already seen some parking development happening in and around downtown. We added street parking. We recently approved some other lease constructions with CSX, where we used their CSX right away around the railroad tracks to build more parking downtown. And parking was really a keystone of that whole downtown plan. Now, not everybody's happy with the downtown plans, right? Like this is a part of Apex history. You know, this is a part that makes Apex what it is today. And there's some interpretation to go mess with that. And so we got to be careful there. We can't just, you know, come in there and change things at will. There's certainly a lot of things we can do to beautify downtown and, you know, develop downtown and keep it a very attractive and marquee place for the town of Apex. Now, that being said, with the growth of Apex and the spread of Apex into uh, really all directions, but predominantly south and west, we do see some of these mixed-use developments coming into play. You mentioned Feridia, you mentioned Sweetwater. I think these are going to be very important hubs for the town of Apex. You know, first of all, it provides shopping options for residents that live further out of town that currently need to trek into town to do their groceries, right? So... It will eliminate or at least offset some of that destination traffic, right, that now comes into town for routine things like groceries, right? So I think it's uh, very important from a traffic mitigation point of view that we bring those centers online. I also mentioned the housing mix that these developments bring to us with more affordable style housing. So I think in that sense, these developments are going to be very important for us in the long run. Along with that comes the economic development. So especially the 64 corridor is an area where we want to see more economic development, especially commercial development, is vital to Apex to bring a better tax mix to the town. Right now, we rely 80% of the town's income is residential property taxes. We're very constrained in how we can drive that revenue. Having a better balanced tax mix between commercial and residential will give us more options to play with and you know, really will help with the longevity and the final financial health of the town going forward. As you know, there are five candidates running for two seats on the council, as we said earlier, which means three candidates won't serve on the council this cycle. If you're not selected, how do you plan on staying involved in town activities? So that's a plan I care not to think through too much at this point. I'm going in under the assumption that I will retain the seat. But even if it's not the case, there's tons of opportunities that the town offers to be engaged as a resident. For me personally, I'll probably seek a board or committee position so that I can you know, continue to be involved in the policymaking or review decisions that flow through the town just to keep a finger on the pulse. You know, there's always an election two years from now. But more than that, I truly enjoy the work that I do. It's a labor of love. It doesn't pay your bills. But I found that it's really rewarding for me to be part of the community, being active in the community, listening to the community and representing the community. So whatever form that takes, whether it's council or some other committee that that I can attach myself to, I will find a way to stay involved with the town. An entirely different scenario, if you are elected, 
it's possible you'd be working with council members who see things very differently from you. In that case, how do you plan on building bridges and collaborating with your colleagues? I don't see that as being any different from what I do on a day-to-day basis in my professional job. There's always people that don't see things your way, but at the end of the day, you rely on each other to get a job done. We got to work together. We got to keep it civil. We can disagree and have a healthy debate on how things ought to be run or you know where the dollars need to be invested. But I think that there's enough commonality there, right? Like I don't think that any of these candidates run just for the sake of you know being the person in the room. I think everybody has a genuine care for the town of Apex. I want to do what is best for the town and the town's residents at the end of the day. So, you know, if you start from that standpoint, right? That's you know you have that common interest, you have that common desire to do the right thing. I think we can do that in a very constructive and civil way. And, you know, we say that today on council, right? Like every single council meeting, we will have debates and not all votes are unanimous. There is disagreements with the current council members. We have a very close and good working relationship, but that doesn't mean that we agree on everything. If you weren't constrained by a town budget or the laws of physics, what is the one thing you'd change about Apex? That's a tough one. There's so many good things about the town of Apex. So I think the thing I would not necessarily change, but you know, almost like put it in a bubble is really the downtown area. I want to see that live on. I want to see that remain beautiful. You know, we see some of the older historic homes kind of falling into disrepair. It's a shame, right? Because it's so much of the town's character is derived from that historic district that we have, not just the downtown area, but you know, really the whole grid around the downtown area. So it's almost like putting that in a protective bubble, fixing up, you know, things like the Tunsil House, like we finally are making budget available for, but also some of the houses that are still on the streets, really restoring that historical character, that historical beauty that, you know, has attracted so many of us to live in Apex in the first place. Before we wrap up, give us your closing statements and where folks can find out more information about you and your campaign. Sure. Listen, I think I have a lot to offer. I think I bring a lot to the table. I have more than 25 years of leadership experience, not only in business, but in volunteer organizations, and then obviously more recently municipal government. My own experiences as an immigrant, I think, are really relevant because it allows me to relate to a growing part of our population here in Apex. Not only not grow up here, right, but it's actually foreign born. And so coming to this country, getting engaged, you know, seeking your luck here in the United States brings a whole bunch of challenges with it. And to be able to relate to that community and their experiences, I think, is very important. But what is also important of that is the experiences that that brings. I you know, mentioned some of the traffic solutions that I grew up with. In the Netherlands, it's very common to see separated roadways for bicycle, pedestrian, and car traffic. Those are not concepts that are very common here in the United States. So you bring with you a perspective that I think can be very helpful to solve some of the problems that, that we're seeing and we're seeing here in Apex. I already mentioned kind of the network of representatives and and elected leaders that I am connected with, I think can help us going forward. So I think I have a lot to offer in terms of my current work on council, my experience on council, but also my personal life experiences that have led up to that moment of seeking a public office. 
People can find out more about my platform at arno4apex.com, all spelled out. Please check it out. There's a lot more detail there about what I stand for, what I believe in, the people that have thrown their endorsements at me. So please check that out. If you can't find it there, there's a contact me option through that website. I will gladly make myself available to anybody who wants to have a conversation. I'm actually scheduling some public sessions over the next couple of weeks. So come out, have a cup of coffee with me or come have a beer with me and let's talk about Apex. We've been speaking today with Councilman Arno Zegerman, who's running for town council. Thank you for your time today. Shane, thank you for having me. I think it's really important that you use your platform to get people excited around municipal voting. These are typically elections where we don't see a whole lot of voter turnout, even though municipal government is the level of government that most directly touches our lives. I do encourage everybody to vote early because we have seen a lot of changes to voter laws in North Carolina this year. So if anything doesn't work out or is not quite right, if you go vote early, you have a chance to fix it, a chance that you may not have if you vote on election day itself. So thanks again for having me. This is a special episode of the Peak City Podcast brought to you by Keller Williams Legacy in Beaver Creek. Be sure to check out the entire series of candidate interviews. Make sure to cast your vote during the early voting period or on election day, Tuesday, November 7th. Thanks for listening and we'll see you around town.